This is NLBP TV video podcast. I am Camille Miller, your host and founder of the Natural Life Business Partnership. This video podcast is dedicated to supporting the holistic entrepreneur who is passionate about their business and living an authentic lifestyle. Tune in as we interview members, healers, inspiring business leaders, authors, and change makers in the alternative health and wellness arena. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming to NLBP TV for Lee and me, the weekly program or biweekly. We're not really sure. With Lee Garbarzik of Sofa Mandela's out of Long Valley, New Jersey, and me, Camille Miller, the founder of the Natural Life Business Partnership. We come together each week talking about something. So today, what are we picking today? Uh, Ego versus essence. Yes. You want to tell us what that is? You want to start us off? Yeah. So again, you know, my point of view on this. So if I know when my ego is being engaged is when I get defensive. So one of the signs of, of, of uh, my own kind of like, if you would, connection to my spirituality is my allowing. Right. Once I get defensive, that means I'm in fear. And I'm in fear because I, ooh, and I'm getting like, you know, because I work, you know, the medium stuff, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, fear. Yeah, fear is all. So downloading. Um, so fear means that I'm kind of really not clear on whether or not this is true. I'm not really certain in my own skin about how I even really feel about this. So how I'm getting defensive. So my internal thinking, my own doubting is projected into the reality or into my experience. People kick that back. This is lovely little life lessons, right? People kick this back. And then I then play out my own drama of where I stand on this topic. And if I'm not 100% or clear about what I believe, I'm threatened. I'm threatened because the person is bringing up something that I know I'm not really clear on. And instead of just saying, you know what, I don't know, or I'm not sure, or let's think about it. I start putting out some kind of information in a defensive style, maybe even it's like passive aggressive or quiet, that kind of tries to assert itself in such a way as to say, hey, no, I got this, I figure. And the greater the elevation of the emotional defensiveness, the greater the fear. And these kinds of things, and I, you know, definitely I go through this with certain things. And when I do, I look at it and go, what? (laughs) I guess I didn't get this the way that I thought I did, or I really don't understand this the way that I thought I did. And I can now think and reflect on that and say, okay, what is it about this topic that I'm having trouble with? You know, if I don't understand it, I can't communicate it. Right. And if I'm going into a state of communication through, we talked about this, how we collaborate on ideas as a way of energizing ourselves and the topic to raise the vibrational content of it in such a way that offers us new solutions. If I do not make myself teachable, so let's say that I have like my point of view and I'm kind of very attached to it because I've defined myself as such. The ego to me is a point of view that is inflexible. It is a point of view that says, this is absolute. 
This is all that is. And if you don't like it, you, right? And the, um, the reality is everybody has the right to their own experience. Everybody has the right to their own interpretation and how, what they want to make up about it. And if I'm not comfortable with somebody else having a different point of view, that's about me. It's not about them. That's about me. Absolutely. And I, and the part of this that's really very helpful for me is then to reflect on that and look at it and say, again, like, okay, what do I want to do about this? Maybe I need to meditate on it. Maybe I need to talk to a friend about it or maybe a counselor, or maybe a shaman or whoever it is that I feel I can entrust with this kind of conversation or exchange right. and then make changes in. Okay. Because if, 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 you know, I, I, sometimes people say something like, I don't, I was like, okay. Or even with the mandalas I mentioned before, they're not for everybody. And I respect that. You know, all systems, um, uh, people have a right to determine what it is that they, what they feel works for them. And then they become responsible for it. Part of the real danger of ego is so let's say that i come up with something and i think i have the answer here i've got it all figured out you just follow me children and we're just going to run right off that cliff together like lemmings right so i'm gonna i'm gonna have this this is just follow this five point and you will be great they are now i they have entrusted me with what is their responsibility they have given me their power and people get off on that it's an easy thing. This is where ego really kicks up. It's like, wow, I guess I must mean something now. Woo, I have 20 people. They're following me. They're baking devotions. Woo, they're calling me sensei or master. You know? <laughs> it's really wacky. But then, they, but, yeah. then, but then what about me in that? Understood. Now I have in some way become responsible for them in a way that is not appropriate. They're not my children. They're not my, they have their own lives, they have their own authority, and they need to recognize that. So I think that when when people are in their essence, they recognize the boundaries and the personal limitations of their own, you know, point of view, in the sense that uh, that to always respect others, and that they recognize also the value of other people's process. I think that that's really important. You know, when I start thinking that I like, like, okay, so here's a good example. Let's say someone has, is sick. They have stage four cancer of something and, you know, all bets are off and they're going to go. And I say, well, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make them better. I'm a healer. Yeah. Well, what if they don't want to be healed? Right. What if it doesn't serve them? Maybe their life's purpose is in this moment is to die. Mm-hmm. Well, who am I to disrespect that? And why would I want to get involved in that? What? So I can say, oh, I'm a super healer. I've saved them from their cancer. Screw that. It doesn't make any sense. And it's, and it's, and it's so egocentric. It's so damn narcissistic because it's really like invalidating their own process. And in some cases, that's what people need to go through. You know, there was a very, very talented years ago. I don't know. He's up in Massachusetts, went to Texas. He was an oncologist. And he would ask people who were really at the latest stages. Of, he did cancer patients that were towards the end. He would start with, why did you decide to die? When did you decide to die? And he would ask them Ooh, that. Good stuff. 
right? Yeah. That is recognizing people's authority. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. what I cannot, oh, do I treat someone like a victim? I'm like a star. Oh, let me save you. Oh, you sad, poor thing. I'm going to come and fix you. Wee. No, 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 no. They have to come to me if, or to, if, let's say that they want to have like a session. And even then, anything that happens out of them is on them. Anything that they decide to do is their responsibility. They want to go and they want to do affirmation work or they want to change whatever is going on in their mental, in their, in their, in their structural thinking. That's their choice. You know, they do the work. This is very Taoist. They do the work. They heal themselves. People heal themselves. Facilitators act in a way that actually kinds of just create some kind of like context, basically, for that person to find what they need to do for themselves. Yeah. They do it and they heal themselves and that's it. And anybody who gets all up and like, oh, I saved all these lives, that is the ego kicking in. And now that's that kind of separation state of consciousness. And now they put themselves into a, pointed themselves into a corner. And now they're not going to feel as connected. They're going to feel lonely. They're going to get into some kind of desire to self-assert and to get into some kind of alms for them and maybe like financial rewards. Maybe that will elevate them and make them feel better. But they've got themselves into a separate state of consciousness. And this is not healthy. It's not healthy. If I were to do it, it wouldn't be healthy for me. It certainly wouldn't be healthy for the other people because it's treating them as incapable. Everybody has the capabilities and opportunities to do what they want within the context that they're currently living. And I'll just add that because in some cases, maybe someone's middle of the desert, they have nothing going on, they can only do what they can do in that context. But within that context, anybody, me being that person too, would also be then working within that context and have available those opportunities. So those available opportunities reside in the person and their ability to can problem solve and work with whatever kinds of assets that they have to create their own outcome. But all of that is what everybody's doing all the time. And that is something to honor. And there is no, how can I say, and this is really very important. There is no magic pill. There is no magic religion. I love religions, but there's no magic religion. There is no magic chemotherapy. There is no magic. You meaning the person who hears this, you are your own answer. Yep. You are your own solution. And that is really an important concept. And that is where my ego then reduces. Because now I'm not like acting like, you know, <laughs> you just, and then you can be. So, yeah, but this is very, very important. And actually, even in this, I got like, you know, we talk about physical responses to things that are true, you know, like the spine tingles on some people, they get like this rush of energy, they make it a little flush, they may feel like almost a little manic in a way because the energy is revving up because of download. That's how I know for myself that that is accurate. I love that it starts when you talked about the doctor that started with the question, like, when did yes. you decide this? Or when did, I love that. Because it yes. also gives that person power that sometimes they've given away to a doctor or a healer yes. or something. They give it away, not realizing that they are the healer. Nobody can heal them without their permission. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other, the other thing that this doctor had said is, when you have a medical professional say to you, you know, you only have three months to live. Say yeah. to them, 
I'm calling my lawyer and I want you to pay me a million dollars if I live another five years. Yeah. And you will sign this because you, if you're that certain, I want you to sign right here. Yeah. And And then watch what they say. Yeah. All of a sudden it's a different tune. All of a sudden it's a different thing because now it's gotten real. And they know at that point, there are circumstances where people do change their mind about what they want to do and heal themselves and get themselves out of whatever they're doing because that is their right. You know, it's everybody's right to determine for themselves what they want. Yeah. Nobody's right to determine that. Yeah. That's the ego of the doctor. They call it... um white coat syndrome. And there's a lot, a lot of um, actual medical studies that are done on the delivery of bad news or the delivery of when that doctor says, you know, you have 50% chance of living or you have a 50% chance of dying. Like mm-hmm. how your bedside manner, how you present it. There's been lots of studies on that, um, you know, and people giving away that power to a doctor or a healer, you know, and it's the ones that say, no, I don't believe you, or that's not true, or I'm going to live anyway. <laughs> or, yeah, and then they, they play this, this game called, you know, they have this, this game called, well, we're just not going to talk about it. We're just, I'm just going to like kind of pretend like I haven't written you off as dead already. And, I, and they say it, but they have. And like, you know what, screw it. I'm not involving myself. They're dead. Forget yep. it. But I'm going to come in and I'm going to say, hey, you know, and I'm going to do little things and say little stuff. Meanwhile, the money's coming in, you know, the tests are coming in, the treatment's coming. But I don't believe it's going to work. I don't believe any of that's going to happen. And they don't have the, the honesty or the moral morality, which is really the truth here, to say how they feel. And then unconsciously, oh, this is so, this is so good. I'm so glad we're talking about this. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's important, I think. It, it, unconsciously, they're communicating that to people. They're looking at them and they're like, well, you're going to die anyway. And they're, 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 they don't realize yeah. that their thinking is influencing yeah. that patient's expectations. Oh, that's right. And yes, that, ex- that patient is responsible for that. We're going to go back into all of that stuff. And that's true. But they're not acting as a healer. Absolutely. They're not acting in a supportive to what, what they claim in their Hippocratic oath that they abide by. They're basically just in it for the money at that point, and they're just going to ride it out. Yep. And that is really a lot of times what, in my personal experience, I see happening. Mm-hmm. There are many people who don't do that. That's true, too. But again, it all comes down to, for the patient side, what have I decided here? What have I chosen to, where have I put my... You know, have I put my, and this is a faith, this is where faith gets really kind of wild. I can have faith in somebody, but that doesn't mean they're responsible for it. Right. There's a distinction. So I can have faith in a medical procedure, or I can have faith in a a practicing physician, but my responsibility is still on me. Right, right. That's good. On that that same note with the ego and people, I always say it's like negative energy that's deadening your expectation. Like if you're starting a new business or if you're, Mm -hmm. you know, want to do something for yourself, like I'm going to run a marathon. And then you always have a friend, a significant other, a family member going, yeah, you'll never do that. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or kind of taking that power away from you and kind of living. Yeah. Yeah. It could be done exactly the same way 
especially a parent doing it to a child, you know, Absolutely. unconsciously Absolutely. the time because the child's looking for that validation and you're just saying, no, you're not good enough. You don't have this. You can't do it instead of lifting that person up. But yeah, friends, this is, relatives, I mean, it's all over the place. And yeah, this is people give our power away. Totally. And so one of the things here, I'm uh, sorry to cut you off over there. Um, the, um, the incredible responsibility of being a parent, I mean, it's such an incredibly difficult, challenging job, no doubt. But when a parent is in their own ego, in their own fear states, and they don't address them, maybe they have a fear of failure. Maybe they have a fear of um, um, being, getting hurt. Mm-hmm. either emotionally or physically or maybe even spiritually. Mm-hmm. And they're not owning up to it. They're saying to their kid, maybe the kid wants to do something like, um, I don't know, maybe they want to like snowboard, right? And the kid wants to snowboard and the parent almost died in a snowboarding accident. And they don't have even told the kid. Because they feel, I don't want to tell the kid because I'm going to upset the kid and I don't want to tell them about it. In the meantime, they're passively denying the desire. And this is where energy drag kicks in. So so energy drag, as I will call it, is when a person is in a context where what they want is not in alignment with, with with what it is that supports them. So they're not, they're out of sync They're in a space, so they're looking for water and they're looking for it in the desert. And that is a drain on their energy because not only are they then trying deeper, maybe they're drilling wells or they're sending out scouts or something, they're spending all that time trying to figure out how to make this work. It just doesn't work because it's a drag on their energy. And eventually, they wear wear it out to the point where they recognize this and they move on. But when a parent has this fear, this is again ego, and they start thinking that they're doing something good for the kid because they are being that what they what they would think the adult in the room and limiting what that child should be doing because they feel that there's going to be a harm to that child. They're not serving them because they're not owning up to their part in that. So they're making it all about the kid and their concerns and all that stuff. They're not looking at themselves. And this is where we all become teachable. So if I am in the company of somebody else, and maybe I have some kind of advisory role, and maybe there's something about this that is triggering in me a concern that's about my own craziness, I owe it to myself first, and then to them, to say, this is a problem for me. I had a, I was snowboarding and let's just make it up. Aspen, we'll go for the gold here. <laughs> and I was in the pre-Olympic trials. We'll even take it further. And then I almost, then I had a, you know, almost fatal accident, you know, multiple fractures, concussion, coma, whatever. And I never told you. So I have to then own up to that part because that was my life lesson. That's not their life lesson. Right. Their life lesson may be something completely different. And if I'm not letting myself be teachable in the sense of noticing, first of all, how my fear is screwing up my relationship with my kid, my friend, my family, whoever, and then learning from that and adjusting my thought processes so that I can become better as a person. I'm also then influencing that child. And then I have to deal with the consequence of that because at some level, I'm going to recognize I shouldn't have done that. 
-hmm. And now I'm going to feel guilty. And now I'm going to create a whole other kind of dynamic of guilt. And every time that I see that child, I'm going to think about what I did and I'm going to feel guilty, which then the child will see as, why is my parent always this way around me? I must be a bad person. And then it really blows up. Now we have a person who hasn't taken ownership of their own fears, projected them onto the child, which was not appropriate in that circumstance because it wasn't true for that kid. And then upon the limited life process of that child, reminded of it, then looks at that child with a sense of, you know, disappointment because of their own action. And then they feel some kind of weird sort of resentment towards that child for what they initiated right that's big that is big that's like a big one that is <laughs> and all parents yeah. probably do it in some sense without realizing it all the time yeah all the time all the time sometimes i would say that's part of the back. human condition yep. yeah sometimes yep. i have to yep. step back and go why is that coming out or is that me <laughs> or yeah. that i've been taught and realizing that maybe that was a flaw and then right you know, teaching something new or different or, or why. And yeah. understanding uh, um, your co-parents, if you have a co-parent, your, your co-parents thoughts and behind yeah. why they might be coming up that something completely opposite of the way you would have done it. Absolutely. So this is all in the, in the category of personal growth because now in, how do I learn about myself and, yeah. and as a member of society? how I'm interacting, what comes up for me, you know, and really, again, ego is fear. So anytime I'm in a fear state about something, that's telling me, Lee, you need to look at this. You need to take a look at this. This is a problem. Why is that person's behavior, you know, so why do I feel the need to control them? Or why do I feel so troubled? Because it's my own stuff. And, and, and yes, I can create boundaries. Maybe that person is dangerous or harmful in some way. That's fine. Then I create a boundary for it. Or maybe I communicate to them authentically how I feel about it, which then gets me into the truth of myself. And then it creates intimacy. So, so essence or spirituality is intimate. Ego is separate. Mm-hmm. And when I'm integrating, and this is why information like this is so important, when I'm integrating my experience, I do so through my conversation with somebody else in an admittance of whatever it is that's true for me as a way of revealing myself and letting them understand the context of my decision, which they can then abide by or not, but then they become responsible for it. Right. Love that. Love that. I, yeah. Since I was training with my psychiatrist, you know, um, months ago, they always say that you, they went through the healer process saying like, you're not a healer. Mm. Um, always having those ego checks. Yes. And the need for like, I, with a lot of people like us, I always have the need to help people. Mm. Sometimes I need to step back and say, is this me, my ego, or does someone actually need my help? That's one. A lot of times I step back and go, is this my issue? You know, or am I supposed to help because I have the ability to do it? Should I be doing it? It's kind of, uh, you know. Yeah, this is a really, really, that's a really great point. So I am, so let's say, you know, um, I feel good when I'm operating out of a state of love. I'll just call it love. It's how I feel. It's how I feel about what I'm doing here. I feel like this is love. And just like the patient I said with a stage four cancer, who's about to, you know, who's in pain, distress, you know, you know, all that. 
And I feel like, well, I can, you know, do something here. I can make this better for them. I need to ask them for the permission to do that. Absolutely. It's not my place to step in there like I get this vision yeah. of, you know, Mighty Mouse. Here I am to save the day. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not my place. Right. And, and it's, so, it's just so arrogant. You know, it's just so like, um, um, you know, who asked? You know, it's like, who asked you? You know, like sometimes people will say something. I'm like, well, who, who asked that? You know? yeah. And, and um, if, if I have an observation you know, or even when, um, so let's say that I'm doing readings and I know particularly those that I know are going to go really into some heavy stuff. I ask people, do I have the right to say anything here? Do I have your permission? It's not my place. And they need to be their part. All all of what I do, all of what anybody does when we're in, we're in a partnership, uh, we're of co-creation. Yeah. Co-create you know, with the divine or what we'll call um, um, God consciousness or all that is. And then we co-create our experience with whoever we're engaged in, whoever we're, we're, connect, we're connecting to. And in all of those circumstances, whenever our egos take over, it violates the process in such a way that, that doesn't open up or enlighten, really, which is what it is, enlighten what it is that I, I feel myself to be, but narrows it to a perspective that then I become defensive about. And then at some point, you even get so defensive that I then start shutting people out. Mm-hmm. Love it. Just, uh, yeah. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I had a train of thought that I was going to say, and then I totally lost what that was, where that was going. So hopefully it'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> ego plays in so much and so many times I step back just to say is it me is it not me I I think it's one of the greatest gifts I've learned yes back and know that you're not supposed to help everyone Mm -hmm. Uh, I had oh I know what I was going to say I have a I have a friend that had um an excellent response to another friend that was complaining and complaining and complaining (laughs) she sat there and she just went are you looking for an answer or are you looking for an audience? <laughs> like, wow. And I was like, oh. <laughs> wow, I like that. I like that. It was really, really good. So I think about that. And one of my daughters explained one of her friends to me because I'm like, why don't you talk anymore? She's like, yeah, she's not really looking for a friend. She's looking for an audience. And I'm like, I love that. Now that I'm hearing that everywhere and I have to think like, I don't really feel like people being people's audiences. Sometimes they, they complain or they're in that, the victim cycle and the, yeah, I, I'm not a That's another energy drag too, because what you're doing is yeah. you're passively. So now you're in this context of, of them pulling energy out and you're saying, no, I'm not doing that. So you have to kind of like uh, rein in whatever kind of things going on there. And then, and then take care of yourself. And then that, that's, you know, you're like basically trying to stay warm in a refrigerator. You know, it's, 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 it's hard to be in that kind of company uh, and not feel some kind of, you know, I get my, sometimes that causes for me, you know, some discomfort, maybe a headache or whatever, because I can't, now granted, if I was really just could surrender all of that, I wouldn't, I would just let them, you know, when people, 
when people have come at it with a weapon and um, uh, and the I think I, um, I think the art of, of war, you take it, take the weapon and you just let them go on. You know, just take it and let them fall on the sword. You don't stop them. You yeah. just let it go. And then that way uh, it's better. But I had a, a converse. Well, I was talking to someone, loved one, and I was asking about a book that they had read. And then they went on and they started, well, you know, in the preface, it said this, chapter one. Two. And 15 minutes in, I went, you know, at some point, it's no longer a conversation. It's a monologue. We've reached it. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's good times. It's been a great one. Good conversation. Any any last thoughts? Like, did we hit everything? No, I think I think we I think we covered that. Pretty, I mean, this is a topic that's very open ended. We can spend much more time on if we will, if we chose to. But there are so many things. I'm so curious to see what other people you know would like to talk about. Yeah, so if anyone's listening to this later on, um, which you all are if you're listening to it because you're not on with us now, let us uh, let us know in the comments below or you can contact us through thenaturallife.org on our Contact Us page uh, and let us know your thoughts or if you had some questions about anything you heard in this episode or any of our other episodes that are coming out um, or if you just have a topic that you're curious about, let us know and maybe we'll talk about it for you. So yes. thanks Lee for joining me today and we will wrap up and see everyone on our next podcast. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on NLBP TV video podcast for the Natural Life Business Partnership. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about our professional community, the Natural Life Business Partnership, and to become a member, go to www.thenaturallife.org. Part of membership is to join us live at these tapings, plus have access to unlisted material and a closed professional community specifically for the holistic entrepreneur. Follow us for free on Facebook. I look forward to our next episode. Bye-bye.